0: Lee
1: and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. I have um, some... Well, it, it's news that's uh, really such a relief. Okay. I could use some relief, Julie. Apparently, Mitt Romney, a.k.a. Pierre Delecto, was <laughs> within several thousand steps of... <laughs> Of meeting his demise on January 6th before <laughs> he was heaven. whisked before yeah. he was whisked away by a Capitol Police officer in what seemed to be a completely empty corridor. Um, but anyway, Mitt was extremely emotional on the verge of tears when he saw a video played this week during the impeachment trial where he saw his own life flash before his eyes. Wow. Well,
0: I'm just wondering, like, what was going to happen to him? Had he not been heroically saved by a Capitol Police officer, what were the means by which this dangerous mob was, go- was going to, I don't know what, to Mitt Romney with their weapons, which... They didn't have, they didn't have any firearms or bombs or
1: RPGs. Well, they, had,
0: they had Trump flags.
1: So they had right Trump flags, they there. had MAGA
0: flags. They also Absolutely. had their mouth so they could say things to him, like what the F is wrong with you. Um, but it is kind of comical how these narratives break down when you start asking questions about how things were executed no pun intended I'm just saying like what was going to happen no there was no weapons there was no there was not swords or samurai sword or machete or knives you know I mean what was what what if the let's just work through this with me Julie right so let's say the cop wasn't there and the and the people came got close to Mitt Romney what would have happened what would they do
1: Maybe they would call him a wussy. Right. And. It
0: would call him a naughty name.
1: They maybe his hair would have gotten messed up or maybe someone would have made fun of his mom jeans with his belt. And. I don't know. I'm sure he would have gotten his feelings hurt for sure. Traditionally, in
0: the traditional way, a coup is carried out. That's not what happens. You mean you don't go mess up someone's hair? No. Or call him a
1: poopy face or something. (laughs) So I. Or basically just look at him and say, I hate you because you're a traitor. Why? Or
0: or even ask a question like, why don't you support the president or you just whatever? I mean, my point is, was he ever in any legitimate danger? I mean, we have been given some numbers of what. The police's and the feds' response has been to this protest, riot, insurrection, whatever. And I did not see many arrests for weapons. They, according to the New York Times, so take it with a grain of salt, there were 17 people who were arrested on weapons charges. Now a weapon doesn't mean a firearm. All right. It doesn't, we don't know what that is. We don't know what the breakdown of weapons is. Was it a pocket knife? Was it a Swiss army knife? Was it a staff? Like our friend, the um, Viking, our coast playing Viking friend had or whatever.
1: Horns were his horns on his hat. Yeah. Those weapons. He could have, he could have gored someone with those.
0: That's true. That's fair, Julie. It's a fair point, but we don't know what, what actual weapons um, were brought there. So you have to wonder what was the intention of these people? Once they got into the Capitol, it, it probably wasn't to kill anyone because they didn't have the means to do it. Just again, traditionally speaking, various coups don't, you know the people who do that, who, who who are involved in them are are armed and they're playing. They're ready. I know some people were arrested on weapons charges, not for having a weapon in the Capitol, but having a having firearms that's or right. ammunition in their cars. That's now, right. That's, that's different. That's not obviously if you have a gun or a knife and your car is parked in Friendship Heights, Maryland, and you took the Metro into the Capitol with your MAGA outfit on? I don't know. (laughs) That's not going to, your firearms aren't going to, uh, you know, I guess, be effective to what your purpose is, if your purpose is, in fact, to actually overthrow the government. So,
1: I don't know. Let's just say, Liz, I don't think that there are a lot of coup platters in Central America or Southeast Asia who are taking hints, you know, like, like taking notes from the MAGA coup plotters on how to overthrow the government. I feel and like they're not
0: doing like PowerPoints with videos and going this 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 is what we need to do next time.
1: You make <laughs> sure victory. you have the organic QN shaman and helmet boy and that's that's what you, you do. Need and some then
0: costumes
1: you need you You need people walking in between the
0: rope lines, Um, you know, you need to allow selfie sticks, got to have selfie sticks, pictures with the police, the Capitol police for, yeah, that's, there's your recipe for success. So I'm, unfortunately, there are a lot of serious things about this, but it's very hard to take it seriously when it's being used as such a propaganda effort. And the impeachment is, you know, another opportunity for them to produce with who knows what Hollywood brain trust to produce their videos and their drama coaches where they're fighting back their tears about how scared they were. I don't know. I I do want to point out that if you recall, we heard a couple days, maybe a day after the the protest. One Ayanna Presley mm. came out to tell us that all of her panic buttons had been disabled, and she believed that was because the Capitol Police were part of this nefarious plot. Um, I haven't heard any more about that. Have you, Julie? You heard anything about that? Hmm, I
1: have not. We'll have oh, to circle okay. back on that. Sir, so you to circle back. Let's circle back. Liz, to your point there, I mean, there were lunatics there who behaved badly, but over 200 people have already been arrested for their involvement on January 6th. Now, remember, I think there were upwards of 100,000 people at Trump's speech. Is that correct? More than
0: that. I think there was at least 200. I've seen estimates as high as 300,000 people were there.
1: Okay. So let's use that figure. About 800 people breached the Capitol. 200 have already been arrested. At least two dozen are being held without bail because federal prosecutors and judges consider them a threat to democracy because they dare to doubt the outcome of the 2020 election. So The justice system is not just moving as it should be. It is stacked completely against people, even for minor property trespassing crimes. So it's not like this is not it's being ignored or it's not being adjudicated. I mean, we have sedition task force run out of the Department of Justice using misdemeanors to build felony criminal sedition cases against Americans. So the idea that people are ignoring this or mocking, I mean, we're obviously mocking the most absurd e- examples, but the people who committed the most serious offenses are being charged, are being thrown in jail, are being arrested in some cases, transported to Washington DC because that's where all of the cases are being handled. Um, but, you know, Liz, I, I think, it's hard to take some of this seriously when these lawmakers act like such wussies. Like since when was it okay for men to like stand in the Capitol and like cry or a guy, let's say who ran for president twice to be brought to tears, looking at a video that was really, that showed him in no danger. I think it's very fitting
0: for the times we're in. It is. Um, And that's why, we've been getting this Oscar worthy theatrics in during this, this theater, I'm not watching it. So I I really wouldn't know what's going on, but that's, this is an entirely produced operation for people to watch and think that this was some horrifying tragedy. I mean, I believe that there have been people in the mainstream media that have said it's like 9-11 basically um
1: even worse though, than nine eleven. worse
0: than i'm sorry oh and worse than 9-11 and why not just let's throw the holocaust in there worse than the holocaust too i mean well obviously all we're just going all out on the propaganda and i think that for these men to cry and break down and show how scared they were that's those are the performances that resonate with the target audience. Their target audience isn't the American public. It's a very select niche in Amer- in the US that they're appealing to. And those people are the ones that hold men crying and being scared. Even you know, it's funny if you think about so many of the heroes that we don't even know that we have in America, men that are in special forces that go in and rescue people, go mm-hmm. in and help rebuild countries. The guys that got Osama bin Laden, you know, all the dangerous, the men Rescuing on extortion child, 17 like, who were all shot down out of the sky because Obama right. has terrible rules of engagement. Those people, they don't have food. They don't know what the hell's going on. They're in the middle of nowhere with a compass or trying to survive. And here you have these people in like three-piece suits with a top hat and a monocle. And they're crying because some person got too close to them. I mean, it's it's disgusting. But it's not for us, Julie. This isn't for us. You're right. This is for the cocktail party circuit, the reader, the subscriber to The Atlantic. And the New York Times. Mm-hmm. That's that's who this is appealing to, and it's to keep them ginned up. And also, honestly, the Democrats need to fundraise, keep fundraising. What they've probably fundraised, they've made a lot of small dollar donations off of the fear of Trump. That's and right. now that Trump is gone, how do they keep that fear going?
1: Well, and also, too, this is great theatrical distraction from the disaster that is the first couple weeks of the Biden administration.
0: Exactly. Yes. So it's we can distraction. get.
1: That's right. It's a great distraction. Um, while he's signing away, what now, more than four dozen executive orders to open up the borders, let. Uh, Boys dress up as girls for high school track team and, you know, beat all the girl athletes Um, and the disaster that is their coronavirus handling. So we could talk a little bit about that. And
0: the school openings, which, of course, is like a huge sensitive issue that they don't want to they don't want to address. So you're, you're right about that, too, that this is absolutely a distraction to keep people not Look, wondering why didn't they get their two thousand dollar checks? Because they were all told if they donated money to get Ossoff and Warnock elected in set, you know, as the senators in Georgia, they would meet. They would be getting their two thousand dollars. Where's their two thousand dollars? Not so much.
1: The other thing, Liz, is there is a big chunk of America who paid attention to what happened the past year or so, and it just just doesn't jibe with. The over dramatic hysterical uh, narrative. I pulled up a couple of things uh, the other day on Twitter. Like, remember when Trump was giving his press conference and the Secret Service came into the briefing room and swept him out because they said that there was an active shooter outside of the White House?
0: Oh, right. That's right. That was funny. Ha ha. What? That was remem- the butterfly but joke. Remember joke he,
1: he broke down and cried because his life was in danger? No. I don't remember. remember no, what did they do? They made fun of him for months and called him "bunker boy" and mocked him. Um. Also, remember when um a bunch of congressmen were leaving the White House after an outdoor ceremony? I believe it was in September, and they oh, were right. The RNC. Mhm. They were harassed and bullied and physically threatened. Um. But it's funny because like. ABC News put that in scare quotes. Senator Rand Paul, who is with his wife, by the way, says he was, quote, attacked by an angry mob. Now, you could see the angry mob in the picture and you could see him trying to walk with his wife alone. But that was just that was a nothing. Also, remember the lunatics who were beating on the door of the Supreme Court when Brett Kavanaugh was getting sworn right. in? That's right. No big deal. And also when um AOC led hundreds of climate activists into the House and they were hunting down Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer and yep. Frank Malone. I mean we we well, remember
0: that. Remember how close did some, some commoner get to Jeff Flake in the elevator?
1: A few of them. They got, got very close
0: to him. They yeah. were there. They were right there. And that was not a problem because this isn't about because this this isn't about what they say it is this isn't really about somebody breaking into the Capitol and and as as a as a political tactic that is not what this is about this is just a tool to bring more hatred against the Trump supporter MAGA person that's all it is And you know that because we've seen far worse than what we saw on January 6th. We saw all summer. That's Um, right. How do you differentiate between, you know, on an index, where do you put January 6th relative to Boarding up a police, ho- a, a courthouse and trying to blow it up so that all the people inside die or having a town, having billions of dollars in damages and 30 businesses destroyed in a uh, political protest, or having over 30 people were murdered in the span of these civil rights marches. What, where is the January 6th in relationship to that?
1: Well, it's like the Holocaust, <laughs> duh. You're right. What's wrong with you? You must be a Trump cultist. That's what but really that-
0: makes this worse, is that it isn't just a v- political per- prose- persecution in a vacuum. It's happening That's so right. close to all of these other outrageous things that are very damaging. Now, not necessarily threatening to elected officials who think that they're precious snowflakes, but to the regular people, business owners whose businesses were burned down or looted, or regular people whose neighborhoods have been co-opted for protests and now it's noisy all the time and people are breaking into their house. Those were the people that were affected by the riots. This is different because the, the special people are feel threatened.
1: Also, Liz, and you know this, it's only a matter of time before there's another police shooting. There's some racial controversy that will result in riots and destruction in another major city. The Democrats will have to, as always, appease them, if not encourage them. And it's only a matter of time before we again see that contrast. But none of it matters, right? Because the left, the media, Democrats, and never Trump Republicans don't want, they they don't want the truth. And we see this now in the exposure of the so-called five deaths that happened due to the insurrection on January 6th. Tucker Carlson last night, um, now they're trying to cancel Tucker again. You know, it's like a weekly thing, but um, this whole narrative, especially related to Officer Brian Sicknick, which we talked about last week, too, this is all falling apart. So instead of confronting the facts or the lack of facts, even they are trying to bury the truth, hide the evidence and assassinate the people who are trying to expose the truth.
0: I was just thinking of how the Biden administration would handle, like a public, like another one of these incidents where there was violent, political violence
1: breaking somewhere out
0: somewhere else. Yeah, like I mean, I it, wonder, it could
1: very well happen in DC again. No, I mean, it's it totally—it's going to happen. It it's going
0: to happen because it's made to happen. You know, this stuff. How many of these? Incidents have we seen where we get a narrative shoved out, no evidence, no verification, and then by the time this, you know, after there's the smoldering ashes of a city, businesses, or people's homes, then we have a different story on our hands. So I, but that's the, but that doesn't matter because if if these people actually believed what they said they would be relieved oh okay the white cop didn't kill the black kid in cold blood right you know and be relieved okay good that the cop's not racist or whatever but instead that's not that's not the point these are all tools and all part of a project to continue this this civil unrest and keep people at each other's throats, and also to gain power. It's not to get truth. It's not to fix racism. It's just strictly about power.
1: And when you look at cities across the country, you know, my hometown-ish city of Chicago and other cities that remain boarded up, um, it's not because they're afraid that the organic, canon QAnon, shaman, or any of these people are going to rampage through their streets. These cities are boarded up, well, mostly too, because they can't handle, you have people in charge who can't handle their own crime waves. But you have stores, businesses, restaurants who are boarded up or hiring private security or doing whatever they can because of Black Lives Matter, Antifa, leftist domestic terrorists not maga ones.
0: Well, that's the other thing is that we've had so many months of people <clears throat> who are d- d- part of all of this destruction in the name of whatever their their self-righteous or holy grievances. That's not the violence is, has never come from the right. It's 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 a big myth that these that the people, even QAnon, there's this ridiculous, there's been a long obsession with QAnon, I would say, in the last four or five months. Now, of course, it's even worse. But even before the election, the media was just so obsessed with QAnon. What is QAnon? It's a conspiracy theory. How many people believe it? I don't know. Have they hurt anyone? No, they haven't. So who cares? You know, if I wanted to form a club of people who insist that the moon is made out of green cheese, who gives a, who gives a shit, who cares, you know, but, but QAnon is been built up like this dangerous machine, you know, of people who hold dangerous beliefs and, and for what to keep people upset and angry and concerned and on alert that they're in physical danger from some gang of conspiracy theorists that really, they haven't done anything. I guess you could say that the pizza thing, Pizzagate, that some dude went in there and shot up pizza. What's the name of that? I place don't even again? know
1: what that is. Comet
0: I, Pizza or something. Some dude came to Comet Pizza with a gun or because he... I don't know if this was a QAnon thing I maybe that there was like a pedophile ring run out of the basement. It turns out there's no basement in Comet Pizza. Um, and every time I go to Derek Hunter's, like I, ha- I drive by Comet Pizza. And it was always oh, okay. like, oh, what's going on there? <laughs> oh, but, that explains a lot. But so the, so that's what happened with Pizzagate. So there, there's that. How can you compare that to the radical black separatists at a Black Lives Matter rally that shot five cops in Dallas? Remember that, or you know, that's been kind of neglected. That's right. Or in Ohio, remember there was a right after the El Paso shooting, there was another really violent attack attack in Ohio by a college student there one of the people he killed was his sister i that's believe right. he shot a lot of people that guy was the leftist we're not here we're not hearing anything about about that but all we hear is how violent the alt right which who knows it means whatever it has to mean to yeah, make a political a point, point. Right. you know it's it's i don't know i i wonder i wonder if the people writing these stories and sharing this, actually believe this, this crap?
1: Well, I mean, to your point, people were now in a state, people believe what they want to believe. And as this story unravels, just like as we see the mitigation measures or the response to coronavirus, as that all unravels, people are so tethered to, what they reflexively believed initially that they, they can't divorce themselves from it, no matter how dangerous or harmful.
0: The corrections are never as prominent as the sensationalism. So people never hear what, what the, the real story is. They just see the crazy headline. That's what they believe that sort of bumper sticker manifesto in their head that they file it in there that's part of their belief system and then nobody sees the correction on page 30 or even <laughs> the extra information that's provided in paragraph 50 that right. says oh well the person the sources we spoke to have no direct knowledge of this but you know that kind of thing people don't get that full picture
1: Well, that's what you and I were talking about earlier this week is where did the narrative about Brian Sicknick's, quote unquote, murder, where did that come from? And it looks like tracing it back and the House impeachment managers have this in their their trial memo. um, The idea that he was bludgeoned to death by someone with a fire extinguisher, the earliest citation of that and what the House impeachment managers used, was the January 8th New York Times article sourced to two unidentified law enforcement officials. Now, it's the New York Times, so of course they could have just been making that up, or who knows who planted that story, because if you're going to plant a story that's destructive, especially against Trump.
0: No, it has to be planted. It has to be planted. That story is planted, 100%.
1: Because it was posted the day, I mean, Sicknick's death was basically confirmed late January seventh, I believe it was around nine thirty or so um, was the confirmation, and the very next day, morning wise, the New York Times already published this that he was murdered by a MAGA wielding fire extinguisher wielding
0: killer. Yeah.
1: Um. But it's funny Liz I checked the New York Times latest article mentioning Brian Sicknick and they don't mention that he was bludgeoned to death by a fire extinguisher.
0: Well it again it's he's already been cremated which is another thing we can talk about. So they've already examined his body. Now, if you are hit in the head, we were told he was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. Fire extinguishers, especially the ones in the capital, they're the big ones. They're not the little ones that you have under your sink. You also right. have one just in case. <laughs> a big one, like a Safety big first. one. They're heavy. Yes. What? Right. Yes. They're heavy. If you were to get hit in the head with one, there would be no doubt that you had suffered a head trauma, whether mm-hmm. it's a lump on your head or a gash, and we were told there was a gash, a gash on his that's head. Correct. yeah So that's what the New York Times reported. Why then does the medical examiner have a have is having difficulty proving that he was died as a result of this alleged industry in, in injury that there's no evidence
1: of that that. That makes no sense. Right. We're here five weeks, more than five weeks, or five weeks, actually, since he passed away. Um, The D.C. Medical Examiner's Office, I have emailed them. They said they'll release the information when they have it. Why do you not have it? He's already been cremated and buried in Arlington. What are you waiting for? Um, Meanwhile, the Democrats had the big more theatrics you know, laying his remains in state, everyone showed up, Joe Biden and Jill Biden, you know, Joe Biden's shaking his head as he walks away in grief. And, you know, we had all of those uh, optics that they're using this week. Um, But where is the update from the FBI on the investigation? Is it a homicide investigation or is it not? That's easy to confirm. They refuse to do it. D.C. Medical Examiner's Office won't release any report won't say anything. So you have this huge, you have, you know, millions of people, tons of millions, a hundred million maybe, who believe that this guy was murdered at the Capitol insurrection. But there's no proof. No one's been arrested. And I guess we're just supposed to let that go. And anyone who brings it up, a journalist or a lawmaker or anyone, suddenly. So, yes, there's a lot of questions. Well, as well and I talk- th-
0: I think that they there's a lot. It's this is not let's call this low hanging fruit to turn yeah. people against against the Trump MAGA QAnon whatever the hell they're calling people now is to find the person who did this and parade them in front of the public and then discuss what that person did. That would be so easy for them. To do in their effort to you know gin up public hatred toward the their political opposition and right. yet they can't manage to do that which is even more peculiar so and I feel bad because officer Sicknick is political collateral damage and it's disgusting
1: you know disgust- by all so accounts this guy
0: did a good job he was yeah. a fine officer and a trump supporter now look,
1: we were told right
0: now look you know it's it's disgusting but at the same time you know this is being used to slander and defame a, a, a large chunk of the population and i think we have every right to ask questions about it which will never be answered
1: <laughs> well at some point though liz somebody i mean and cnn to their credit you have to wonder why This went to CNN, but CNN and the collusion hoaxers, including Evan Perez, reported last Friday. They were really the ones who like we some of us have been asking questions. The AP had an article a couple of weeks ago, kind of like nobody really knows what happened. The family released a statement early on that said we're still trying to find out. But the CNN report last I believe it was last Friday that really kind of opened up the floodgates for some. I shouldn't say floodgates. But they their sources told them not only did the medical examiner's office not find any um, evidence of blunt trauma, but also no injury that led to his death. I mean, he's 42 years old. Obviously, something bad happened, but they also there was also speculation that he had some kind of reaction to pepper spray. And the CNN report completely debunks that. Um, So it's out in CNN. It's in now what you would consider left wing media. So there has to be some credibility on the other side that this these are legit questions. Open ended questions.
0: It is curious about why they're doing that and why they aren't just moving on to something else. You know, I'm very skeptical now after watching what I did for five years. I'm always like, why are they reporting this? Why are they doing their job? Like, right a real journalist, what's, what's going on. Um, so I hope that we'll we get to the bottom of it one day. What I think my opinion is that they needed to have, they needed to blame whatever happened on officer Sicknick. I heard he had an aneurysm, why he had an aneurysm. I don't know. Um, you know, did he have a medical condition, or something, but they needed to blame that on the Trump people because otherwise, the body count was going to be one dead Trump supporter, unarmed Trump supporter.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. By the police. That's and right. And so
0: they couldn't have that. And I suspect, because remember, at the beginning, there was a misinformation where the media was reporting he he was dead. But then they came out, the The Capitol Police came out and said he hadn't passed away. Remember that? Right. But there was this rush to get that out before the, the story about this young woman, unarmed, being shot by a Capitol Police officer. And we don't know who that is either. That's curious why that information, you know, because... Whenever we have other issues that are officer involved shootings, we find out really fast who the officer is.
1: We sure do.
0: Why? Why is this being slow walked?
1: Right. Why do we still not know who that officer is? We know every officer who, you know, looks side side eyes at you know the wrong person, but here we still don't know who this. I mean. So there's still a lot of information. People are going to start digging around in that, too. Like that just can't be left out. Right. I mean, where's her family? Where are people trying to expose who that officer is? Obviously, he's cleared of any wrongdoing by an internal investigation. But you still have someone who was shot to death.
0: I do wonder um, why her family isn't being more vocal I don't know. We, something we should find out. I mean, aren't they curious? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything about her family. I don't know. She was married. I don't know. Um, but we haven't really heard much from her. We're not hearing anything about that shooting because, and that's telling, you know, because in general, victims of police violence are deified and held up. Like saints, they have basically mm-hmm. sainthood. Um, but this young girl, a veteran, okay, right? She's just a piece of garbage, I guess.
1: She is, she's she deserved to die because she was there and she was a, a QAnon believer or something. So, well, she, if you she earned if you were tr-
0: what did you expect, right? That's what right. they would say. What did you expect? to happen if you are a Trump supporter. You're like a subhuman piece of trash, I guess. Right. Terrible.
1: Terrible. Well, speaking of trash (laughs) and human beings that people don't care about, let's talk about the tens of millions of American school children who are being completely hung out to dry by their teachers unions, their governors, and the newly elected president who promised to free them from the shackles of their greedy heartless teachers unions um hmm that's let's see how did one reporter describe it the other day did he say th- trying to thread the needle between students and teachers unions what happened no, to following no the science thread the needle thread the there's needle no, that's what he said thread as the if needle. they're
0: equal right as if they're equal right you know the students and the teachers unions are equal in this equation no they're not no the students are the priority that's why the teachers are there it's this is so disturbing i am not a parent so i can't i don't have direct experience with this if i were a parent i would be very angry and i hope all of the parents whose children are getting left behind and uneducated are very, very angry and that they keep that in mind when they vote
1: in the next election. And I will tell you, it's it's maddening because there's very little you can do as a parent. I mean, you know this. I've got a daughter in college in upstate New York. I've got a daughter who's a junior in high school. You and I were talking about this. I mean, junior year of high school, everyone's getting their driver's license, right? Everybody, you know, those rites of passage that are fun as you get to your last few years of high school. I told you this the other day. I mean, she has not, she hasn't been in a regular classroom. Now we're going on 11 months. She hasn't made a new friend. She hasn't been to a dance. She hasn't been to a football game or a basketball game or gone to see any of the high school performances. You know, we have a great dance troupe. There's none of that. I mean, but my daughters have it great. But even when you have it, great, and you're from a privileged type of background or family or community, it's still devastating. They'll never get this time back. My daughter's well, going no, away to. Th-
0: there's no amount of privilege or air quotes privilege, whatever that means, that can make up for the socialization that one has in in the school environment. Right. You know, people say, oh, and and and. Yes, I mean some people are better equipped to to handle this, but there's still no dances. There's no sporting events. If your kid is an athlete, forget about it. Yeah, you you you're not in clubs. It's going to make applying for college just hellish. Um, it I think it it affects everybody. Also, you know, parents aren't equipped to have their children around them all the all day long no people's lives aren't set up like that
1: no no it's uh it, i mean there's a little upside i got to spend a ton of extra time with my oldest daughter which is great before she you know flies the coop but um you know i was watching gavin newsom and keep, now of the 11 states that have 10 percent or fewer of their kids in full in-person learning. There are states who have zero. I believe Hawaii has none. Why? I mean, I guess you could have your classrooms outside every day. I don't know. California is about 5%, um, and I'm assuming maybe those are private schools. I don't know. Gavin Newsom the other day, um, just the phoniest presentation about his plan to get back to school, talking about we need to especially help vulnerable kids in foster care and homeless kids now think of think of the lives of those children where for many of them school is like their only escape right it's their only way to connect with adults who care or make friends or have some kind of life and he was talking about how hard he's been working at it you know whoa i was up late last night talking with legislators you asshole Think of the how many of those hundreds of thousands of vulnerable, poor, low-income, special needs kids have have has a blown dried empty suit like Gavin Newsom completely abandoned. That's what makes me mad. I'm mad for those kids. I'm I'm quasi oh, it's mad for my infuriating.
0: It's and
1: disgusting. If
0: they can have private schools open. In California, if five percent of students are going to school, why why can't all of them go to school? Like, what is it? Why is it less risky for five the five percent in private school than it is for just public school teachers? Do you do you know? Is there like an answer? Do they have an answer for that?
1: Uh, well, I mean, how else are you going to shake down? At, let's say out of the Biden COVID. Uh, relief package in this one alone is 170 billion dollars for schools and colleges this is on top of the 115 billion already allocated towards them from the last two coronavirus uh, packages so that money's not going to private schools or Catholic you know Catholic schools that money's not going there it's going straight into broke public school systems led by unions who gave millions to Joe Biden and the Democrats and make up really their grassroots kind of army and their constituents and completely used tens of millions of kids as political pawns.
0: Yeah, it's just a wealth it's a wealth trans you know transfer um, operation is what it is. And again, you're right. The kids are being used as, as props. I want to know if the parents whose children are this these props are aware of this. I I always hope that when the left, as I say, the left always shits the bed. If yep. these parents aren't sufficiently moved to advocate for a different kind of system, you could get rid of this problem very quickly by simply allowing parents to spend their tax dollars or property you know taxes the money that is allocated per student and it would follow the student and not go to the school you would get rid of a lot of trouble like that yeah because because the low performing schools would not would 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 not be able to, to continue and they shouldn't continue and instead, we have the opposite. They're empowering these unions who basically said, I don't care about your kid. And now that the vaccine is being distributed in all the states, teachers are like at the top, right? They're, they're up at the top group of, of people who are eligible to get a vaccine. If you get vaccinated, get back to work. What? Otherwise, you don't get vaccinated. You know, I that's right. It just it just infuriates me that these are people who continue to get paid. They're not doing they many of them are not working. I'm sure some of them are working. I'm sure some of them are trying to do as best they can with what they have to
1: work with, which is much. That's true.
0: But get back to work. Get back right. to work. And or you don't get vaccinated. We don't. We're not going to waste a vaccine on you. Teaching is a young profession. You know, most teachers are under forty. So then, then, then we're not going. Then get your vaccine to someone that's over the age of seventy instead. Because then, don't we're not going to waste a vaccine for you? You just want to sit home on Zoom and teach your classes. That's exactly
1: right. That's exactly right. Um, but it's never going to end, Liz. We can see now. It's not going to end until people just flock to red states, right? Like Florida, Texas, Tennessee. Those are the top three states people are going to. It's not going to end. And what's sad is even when these kids finally get to go back into the classroom, like my daughter's hybrid, um, two days a week, you still have to wear a mask all day. Why do healthy children who don't pose a threat, who don't transmit it in a school setting to adults. Even if they did, it's a ninety nine point seven percent recovery rate for people under the age of 60. What do you. So anyway, these kids are still going to be miserable at school. They're going to have to sit all day there. Joe Biden talked something about pods. We need smaller pods for kids. That sounds really healthy and fun. Um. So even when they get back to the classroom, it's a misery. It's a setting of misery. And I think they these a lot of kids and adults are going to suffer with, like, post-traumatic stress disorder for what has been ingrained in them nonstop for almost a year. Yeah. And they're still going to be scared. I mean, that's yes. the,
0: the worst part of all of this is that there is – a fear that is pervasive now and a culture of fear, really. And so um, these kids are going to be terrified, too. They're, they're being conditioned to be afraid of things and not to question, right? Because you're not allowed to question. I mean, a lot of these kids, they're on on the Snaps and on the Gram and whatever other stupid shit these kids are into, And you're not allowed to talk about these things openly on those things either. So they're learning you can't, you know, speak your mind and you have to be terrified because you're constantly being frightened. And that's, you know, (laughs) this is not a good that's not a good place to be for a society.
1: It's it's not it's just broken in so many ways. You know what they're doing to our youth, like you just said, you know, they have to be silenced they have to live in fear um it's so unhealthy on so many levels not just for kids individually but for the country as a whole i hope that there's some rebellion at some point i mean americans well
0: that's are, illegal now right right but i, I wonder if you, really
1: liz how long is that how long can that possibly last as
0: long as it has to it lasted a really long time in in other uh tyrannical countries it didn't last like a couple months it lasts for a long time what's a
1: little little encouraging is the recall movement against gavin newsom continues to pick up that would be a fun backlash to to watch
0: well i think that's going to happen they they have their signatures actually they just need to get the extra because right. they've always started disqualifying them, so I believe that they do have 1.5 million signatures, which is what's ne- what's needed right. to recall Gavin Newsom. So that and that is and that is good and and that's a good that's a good start uh, for people who have the option of recalling an elected official. And hopefully, there'll be even even more of that people rejecting what they're given, and especially rejecting the education system, which is so horrible and so in need of reform. If ever there wasn't an example of why people should be able to choose where
1: their children go to school. This is that issue right
0: here, right now. So
1: that's so true. That could be one of the only long lasting advantages or upsides to this catastrophe. If my kids were little again, I would not put my kids in public school. And I I went to great public schools. We have a really good public school system where my kids went, my girls. My husband went to all Catholic schools. We sort of had a debate about putting them in Catholic schools. And I said, no, I want them to, you know, go to these big public high schools and meet people of different backgrounds and races, religion, which they did, which was a a good benefit for them. But if I had to do it over, I I definitely would not put them back in public school system. Because he, it's, stories, they're run by monsters.
0: Well, I've heard stories of people literally uprooting their family and moving so their kids can go back to school. Yeah, people are moving to Texas and they're moving to Florida so their kids can go back go to school. Can you imagine? That's such a major life event to move yes. your, to move, especially to move into another state, not move up the block or in a different neighborhood, but to sell your house and move to another state. Yeah, and Basically start over just so your kid can go to school. That is where we are today. And it's horrifying. I want so much for people to have uses to use this as a learning experience. I think people like the idea of school choice in theory, but. Whenever it has been a political issue in different areas, the teachers unions come in and they say, oh, well, then the worst schools get even less money. And, you know, they they tell a sob story. But once people people have lived through a year of horror and it's much harder to move them after they've had that experience.
1: So. You know, and I was watching um, and I, I have a column on this later tonight tomorrow, or on Friday, watching Jen Psaki backpedal on their promise to open schools and the fact that the complete madness nonsense that her saying even if these schools are open one day a week and the rest is virtual, no. that somehow meets their no. campaign pledge. You know, you have families across the country who were really believing that Biden was going to fulfill this promise. And she just said it so glibly, like, no, one day a week, that'll be it. She had no awareness how devastating that news was for so many families and children. She didn't even care.
0: Let's hope that people take this as a lesson not to believe all the stuff you're fed In during a political campaign, (laughs) and remember, Trump was one who wanted to open the schools up. He wanted to open the schools up, and that's what he was in his campaign about. And so did Biden, right? Just along with he wasn't going to ban fracking, and that was like the first executive order I think he signed was banning fracking, stopping the Keystone pipeline, wiping out eleven thousand jobs. So this has been a horrible tragedy, and. I'm kind of an optimist. So I hope that this has been a learning experience for people to recalibrate. But but look, we had been going through this for six months before the election, and it didn't seem to make it, you know, have an impact because people were like, Trump makes mean tweets. And so, you know, my kid, my kid doesn't know how to read now and they're, you know, can't suicidal
1: and depressed subtract,
0: and and they're Googling how to make a noose, but (laughs) you know, the mean tweets, right. Orange man, bad. Um, I, I do hope that people take a look at what has happened and adjust their lives accordingly, whether that's choosing to homeschool your child, lobbying your state. A lot of States make it very difficult for people to homeschool and, or form a collective. I've, and I don't know a lot about this because I don't have a kid, but if I did, you know, why not get a couple of families together, three or four families, get a bunch of kids, generally the same age, and hire a teacher. The tuition would be it cost to be less than even private school. You could, you know, you have a small classroom, you have a teacher, you have more control over the teacher. You know what the teacher's not teaching? The sixteen nineteen project garbage. You know, but that's, that's right. not le. You can't even do that in a lot of states.
1: And that's you can't. That's messed up. Well, I do. I mean, it will take years to to, if we ever can recover from this damage, not just economic, educational, academic, but just emotional damage of what's been inflicted. I have I have to wonder, too, if this week in a way will be a turning point now that you have the CDC coming out and telling people to wear two masks. Will that wake up anyone to the realization that this has all been a total fucking farce. We went
0: from zero masks to two masks. I don't know. I think it's I just think it's ridiculous. I don't I I Julia, I'm I'm speechless. You know, I saw <laughs> that and I was like is this the Babylon B and it's not the Babylon B. So I'm like, oh no. Really? I don't know. I don't know. But this is why we also were hearing about the variants, how the vaccine doesn't work on the variants and and it's like we're, we're the the goalposts are being moved on a daily basis to,
1: to for us to be through this. They are. And I watched um, the new CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, who I didn't like at first. I watched her first few speeches. Then I earned a little respect for her because she seemed to be sticking by her guns to the idea that no teachers do not have to be vaccinated to open schools we'll see if that's in the new cdc reopening guidelines that are supposed to be issued on friday but i watched her tuesday um with andy slavitt and anthony fauci as part of their coronavirus update her explaining this preposterous simulation which is what it was another simulation remember the early simulations like the new york times one that showed the aerosols and like remember how silly that was So So this is another simulation and her sitting there trying to explain this study and how even if you wear one mask, it has to be, you know, N95 ish quality. It has to be tightly fitted around your nose and mouth. If the mask is too loose, like the ear loop one, you need to um, tighten it, like put it in knots behind your ear. (laughs) I'm not joking. I'm not joking, Liz. This is how she, the CDC director, is describing it. Then she says you could also put a cloth mask over that so everything is snugly fitted. Please explain to me I, how that is at all healthy. I
0: don't know. I watched this video a couple days ago, um, on Instagram, and a, a doctor, an orthopedic surgeon named Sean Baker, who's a carnivore, so obviously he hates the left, hates him because he. He eats almost he only eats meat, actually. But anyway, he's super buff and and he built up and cut and all that. And he is an orthopedic surgeon. And he had this video of a fireman and the fireman had this device. And he's like, we use this, you know, when we go into houses to measure the oxygen levels in the air, because that's obviously important. And so he says the average room has about I can't remember the number, it's like 89 or something was the rating of oxygen which is normal that's what you're supposed to have now his little machine will blink if it goes to d- a dangerous level where you're not getting enough oxygen so he puts on a mask one of the loose masks nonetheless right that were right. you know that are sold all over the place and he puts his little sensor like he puts a little sensor pen in his mask and then it just starts blinking like crazy
1: because oh my God.
0: somebody who's breathing through that mask is not getting enough oxygen and they're rebreathing, which means they're getting, car- they're getting, I think it's carbon monoxide. It's like they're getting more right. of the bad stuff. And so uh, the, I, 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 I don't know what to, say. I mean, <laughs> this is the science here, the party of science. So you've, you you know, this, cause I've told you this, but I'll tell our listeners. So I'm a, I'm a vapor. I, I have an e-cigarette, I vape um, and um, my mom is a nurse and she's super, she's bought, she's into, she's bought into this. So she is down with the, you know, double masking, triple masking, what, put a fishbowl on your head, that kind of crap. And I had <laughs> flown to see her a couple months ago. I'd go home quite a bit and I had my mask on and I had on a face shield, assistant placator because it's always easier to just do it than to suffer the, the, the nagging of, you know, not doing it. And I, I had my mask on and I said, watch this. So I took my mask off. I inhaled my e-cigarette. I put my mask on <laughs> and then I exhaled and the vapor went all over the place. And right. I said, what do you think that this is actually doing? You know, right. she didn't have an answer for that, but the, the idea that this somehow is, stopping the spread of the virus i'm i am skeptical of it and i'm not i i will i wear masks when i go out i follow the rules part of the reason most of the the main reason i follow the rules is i don't want some ss agent storming into a grocery store drug store or a restaurant where i am and like shutting it down because you know that people aren't wearing masks So I I follow the rules, but I'm also, I don't follow the rules because I think that this is an effective way to stop the virus spread. I follow the rules because I'm forced to follow the rules.
1: Of course. Right. And we all are. I mean, you have to, in certain situations. Yeah. So really,
0: like the, really, you know, now we have two masks. I mean, what, my question is, where are the environmentalists. We've already seen some stories crop up, but not many, not many Over the last six months of these people talking about how the seals are choking on the masks because they're being dumped in the ocean with the waste. Now double we're doubling it. Where where are the environmentalists talking about the waste? So I don't know. We're just not hearing about that. Is it going to work? I don't know. I I don't know. I can I can understand saying an N95 mask that's properly fitted will will help that's actually what the professionals use but but they're very uncomfortable like they're that a, a regular person who's just shopping is not going to be happy to have something like that on their face
1: that it's tight and it's uncomfortable so and there's no evidence you look at all the data first of all masks universally have been ignored as any kind of barrier between infectious respiratory diseases whether it's the flu or anything else there's just no proof that they work they've been discounted they were discounted early on by Fauci by Robert Redfield who was the former head of the CDC by the World Health Organization you go through the list but um, because so if you look at states with mask mandates California say versus Florida There's very little difference. Actually, California had a huge spike when they did another lockdown because the biggest factor for spread, like any infectious disease, is at home. Um, So, But instead of having grown-up conversations with grown-ups and say, we said we could stop this virus, that's never been done, it's not going to happen, the masks we thought might work, but they don't work, you don't need to wear two, don't wear one, don't wear any. If you want to stay home, if you're terrified, please do, but we're not going to get rid of this virus. And now it's, I
0: I think, right. I think that what's most notable about this is the lack of choice and discretion that the average person is being permitted. Everybody has a different threat level to them based on their physical condition. Obviously older people with multiple comorbidities, they are at a risk to have a much more serious reaction to getting the virus than younger people. So, those people should take the steps they feel is necessary to, to keep themselves safe, whether that's not going out that much, whether it's wearing 10 masks, whether it's, you know, drinking bleach, whatever. And then other people can also make that decision about what, you know, are they metabolically healthy? I mean, I don't know if I've talked about this on the show, but I know I've talked to it with you, Julie, because it drives me freaking bananas is nobody's talking about steps to take to get healthier so that you aren't as adversely affected by the virus. You know, people who have diabetes are way more um, at risk to have have serious, uh, be seriously affected by the virus. Why are not we talking about that? Why aren't we talking about controlling your comorbidities? Why aren't we talking about getting healthier, getting your vitamin D levels checked? I guess they don't want anyone out exercising since so it's dangerous, but you got my point is that this right. is not a we are not having a serious conversation about a health risk here. And no. that makes people, I mean, it, it makes me, so, you know, I, I'm pretty thoughtful. I read a lot. I, I mean, I wanted to know what was going on with the virus and my conclusion is that, People who have metabolic issues, people who are unhealthy in numerous ways are at a bigger risk to have a very bad, you know, time with this virus. And as someone who's not a doctor, but if I pretended I was one, I would say we need to get people as healthy as possible and resilient so that they aren't, you know, they aren't taken out by this. And nobody is having that conversation, which means this is not serious. We are not seriously engaged in this in this health crisis
1: no and how can you be healthy when people are sitting in like solitary confinement in their own home for months on end with no human contact no joy no camaraderie no exercise no fresh air it's the opposite of yep no gym
0: right can't do that that's right too dangerous too dangerous too dangerous so we'll see I don't think it's going to get any better we're going to see how long this is permitted um, and it and it will be permitted until the people who aren't the Trump, MAGA Nazis, white supremacists insurrectionists put their foot down you know when it becomes too big to control when you right. have this civil disobedience that's too big to control Right. so there we go all righty. Another happy happy <laughs> hour. So happy. We're so happy here at Happy Hour. I I I'm thinking we I know when we started our show and when we na- came up with the name, we we didn't do it ironically, you know, but now no. I'm like we're th- we're there now. We're <laughs> We're like happy wink hour, you
1: know. We should <laughs> but write like un u n and like scratch it out. Before- yeah,
0: yeah. Like in a sloppy red pen, just say unhappy hour. But we're yeah. happy. I'm always happy when I'm talking to you, Julie. Same, so, Liz. We awesome.
1: always have a good time chatting.
0: And I'm happy that we have an audience. And if you haven't subscribed to our show, you can find us on iTunes. Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. And we will be back next week, and I hope you join us. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.